Well, welcome back to this journey that we're taking over these three weeks during the series, More Than Words. So grateful that you're joining in. And again, I just hope that it's a bit of an encouragement to your day and helps you stay a little more connected to what God might be up to in your life these days. And in week two of this series, we introduced the idea of dependence, that when Jesus told us, hey, this then is how you should pray, and he said, give us today our daily bread, it really wasn't about the bread. Um, And he wasn't showing us how to ask God for things. He wasn't saying, hey, you need to actually say every day, God, give us today our daily bread, which is good news for any of us who are gluten intolerant, because if it was about bread, that would, that, would, that would be a hard thing to pray. That's not what he was modeling. What he was showing us was, and modeling for us, was to declare our dependence on God. For the people in his audience, uh, bread would have been a very scarce thing. It would have been a daily thing. They would have needed to find it daily. They were paid daily in that day. And so it was a way to say, okay, God, I need your provision in my life. I depend on you. And so we're talking about dependence this week. And we're declaring our dependence on him. And there's scriptures throughout the Bible that point to our need for God. But what I want to look at today is the very beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. Sermon on the Mount, as you probably know, uh, one of Jesus' uh, most famous uh, teachings in the New Testament. A lot of scholars believe it's the same message that he taught over and over and over again. It was just recorded in one place in uh, Matthew. Luke also, also documents it as well. And it's actually within the Sermon on the Mount that we get the Lord's Prayer that we're looking into uh, over the course of these three weeks. But the very beginning of it, the very beginning of it, the very first line, talks about dependence. Listen to this. This is Matthew chapter five. And it says, when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them saying, so that's the reason why they call it the Sermon on the Mount is because he went up on a mountainside and began to teach. And this is his first line in there. Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And we hear that and we think, okay, what, what does poverty mean? What does poor mean? Does that mean you have to, is it a financial thing? But what Jesus is saying is, and you can see this in other translations, other uh, descriptions of this verse, that essentially blessed are those who recognize their need for God. Blessed are those who recognize their need for God. That is how Jesus starts out this huge set of teachings that we have from him in the Sermon on the Mount. Very first words. Blessed are those who see their need and recognize their need for God. And then the interesting thing is, if, if you're familiar with it, he goes on and he, he teaches about all these different subjects. And in each of the areas, it seems like he raises the standard through the roof. If you remember this, he he talked about murder. And he said, you've heard it said, you shouldn't murder, to which his audience in that day would have said, yeah, yeah, we've heard that. And and our audience today would say that as well. Yeah, I mean, I think 
Almost everyone on the face of the planet would agree, yeah, you probably shouldn't murder. And then Jesus says, well, I tell you that if you hate your brother or your sister in your heart, you have committed murder in your heart. And he goes on to adultery and he says, hey, you've heard it said you shouldn't commit adultery to which his audience in that day said, yeah, yeah, we've heard that. They kind of all nodding in agreement. We would be nodding in agreement. And he says, you've heard it said, don't commit adultery. But I tell you, if you look at someone lustfully, you've committed adultery in your heart. And then he starts talking about enemies and, and, and he tells the story of, hey, if someone comes up to you and slaps you on one cheek, you know what you should do? You should turn the other cheek to them. And you've heard it said, love your friends and hate your enemies. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for them. In each of these areas, Jesus was raising the standard and he's giving these new guidelines and everyone in the audience is going, what? Like, who could do that? And us today, we would say the same thing. Who in the world could live up to that? And Jesus would say, that is exactly the point. He's raising the standard so high that there's not one person that can exclude themselves. There's not one person that can think they're righteous enough to meet these requirements. His first line of the Sermon on the Mount is blessed are those who recognize their need for God. And then as you watch him teach over the next few paragraphs and the next few chapters, what he's doing is making it clear that every single person is in need of God. I love the message translation of this verse. It says this, it says, you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there's more of God and his rule. Blessed are you when you're at the end of your rope. We uh, use that term occasionally. Maybe you've used it. Uh, you've heard someone that's used it. I'm just at the end of my rope. It's just communicating, you know what, I'm done. The, the word picture is literally, I'm about to run out of rope and when I run out of rope, I'm gonna fall. And what Jesus is teaching here at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount is that when you're at the end of your rope, the world thinks it's a really awful thing, but you may actually be exactly where God wants you. And it's, it's exactly where he will meet you. We're all dependent on him in some way. We all have an area in our lives where, if we were honest, we're getting to the end of our rope, or maybe we're moving down the rope and approaching that side of the rope. What is that for you today? What area in life might you be getting to the end of your rope? Wherever it is, just declare your dependence on him. And even if you would say, I feel like my life is going great, use this as an opportunity. So go, God, thank you. And I once again declare my dependence on you. Let's do that today. And I'll see you tomorrow.